How can you bridge the gap between knowledge and policy? Hi, this is Lucy, and you're listening to Bridging Knowledge and Policy, a podcast from the Institute for Governance Reform. The Institute for Governance Reform is a research and advocacy think tank based in Freetown, Sierra Leone. In this episode, I'm here with Paul Gibater, a Australian public relations practitioner, and he's here to talk about hate speech in Sierra Leone and the media. But what can we say are the factors of hate speech in Sierra Leone? Join us as we explore this episode. Just to give us a broad idea on what's really hate speech is, what's your opinion of hate speech? Hate speech. I know dictionaries might have tried to pin this into some sort of definition and sort and um, to give it either an English or a Kringlish definition. <laughs> but I like to go freestyle. Essentially, what it's a two-word um, combined to one, hate and speech. Speech meaning to speak, the ability to utter words, yeah. and hate having negativity or some sort of yeah. um, semblance or an iota of negativity in what you say. So yeah. to just basically for the for the lay comprehension and understanding of uh, people out there talking about a particular thing. Uh, with a negative um, sense into it or using some sort of negative vibe or tonation um, to it and surrounding it with all forms of negativity in essence. That's just what in a lay comprehension what hate speech should be and what I think it is. Okay, so what has been the current state of hate speech and Australian media? This question is interesting because we have the consciousness of his speech now because of the amplification it has gotten in okay. in the few years building up to towards um, what we have coming up next year, the elections, mm-hmm. which is bringing all of this tension. But the fact is, the fact is, um, there has always been negative speaking. There's always been hate speech in Sierra Leone mm-hmm. and the world at large. Mm-hmm. What has made it more, what has made people more aware about what hate speech is or tend to be is because of the application, which is a result as to um, the technological aspect of what hate speech has gotten. What do I mean by that? Before now, we did not have social media. Okay. Okay, as rampant as it is now. Of course, we had the MySpace, the Hi-Fi, but they were not too popular. Yeah. And people were just using those for text communication. But now there is, there is WhatsApp, there is Twitter, there is Facebook, and all of these platforms and the other very new ones have audio and video capability. So people can say negative things and distribute around. But there has always been people talking about certain things negatively before yeah. now. But it, because of the analog age, mm. the medium and platforms for d- distribution were not that forth with then. But now it is everywhere. So if you say something in your bedroom, you can amplify it to the rest of the world with just the press of the body. Mm-hmm. So technology has done us a lot of good, but um, the popularity or the notoriety of hate speech mm. <laughs> is one of the negative effects you have in, uh, as a result of technological advancement and development in Sierra Leone and the world over. Okay. Yeah. So would you want to say this is a growing problem for Sierra Leone being a peaceful 
I'm in tolerant country. Growing problem. I, I, I tend to be very careful of how I use the word problem. I'll call it a challenge because um, it's a clarion for the old, the young, and up and coming, and everyone in Chile mm. to to raise the standards by which we live, the standard by which we speak, and to even get to a mature state to uh, an understanding that yes you can feel something but you don't necessarily need to alter what you feel so that that space it's a thin line and not everybody has grown to that maturity it's a clarion for everybody to grow up for everybody to wise up for everybody to know that indeed in the creole parlance you say it's salon force before any other thing else uh, you're a salonian you're a person any salonian before every other affiliation comes into play and when you carry your passport within or outside Sierra Leone or wanting to cross the borders, you're not asked about other infinitesimal affiliations. Primordially, the principal consideration they are given is where you're coming from. Sierra Leone and you're an African. And it's a challenge which can be handled uh, with uh, the competence I see around Sierra Leone. And don't forget that uh, decades before now, Africa and most, some people around the world, Sierra Leone was a hub for education. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Selling was a hub for education. And uh, somewhere along the line, we dropped that ball. But that is not to say we cannot pick that the back up, dust it off, and be there again. And so it's, it's a challenge that everybody can rise up to and say, yes, we can have affiliations other than Sierra Union. Uh, even within Sierra Leone, to have affiliations, the, con the constitution of Sierra Leone guarantees that the freedom as of assembly association and stuff mm. and uh, yes it is a legal right it is a domestic right i have a right to belong to my family i did not even choose my family as a matter of fact yeah. <laughs> that decision was made somewhere in the celestial so I, I came down and i'm part of the family even within the family i i love coffee for instance and probably my mom and dad do not like coffee i like to drink tea that does not mean that we should tear the family apart because of our likings and our, yeah. our givings uh, to things are different. You know, varieties is part of life and the appreciation that everyone has a right to be different, just like all of us have different thumbprint, is that maturity that we should rise up to, grow up to as a nation, and also realize that we should apply that sense of responsibility and maturity to every sphere of life, professionally, domestically, socially, and even politically as well. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. You mentioned that hate speech can be handled, right? It certainly can be handled, yes. One would <coughs> want to ask how. Okay, um, let me take you back a few years down the line. I wasn't um, the prevalence of social media as we have it now. So there was and still is the opportunity for people to have media houses created. Um, the IMC would give you the platform as long as you're registered as a business and you're coming to the media to establish the same. So in 2012, there was uh, the APC and SFP radio. Mm -hmm. Now, <laughs> before then, they were created, and then the 2012 elections came, and then those platforms were used for deliberate dissemination of hate speeches yeah. for political gains. And the government stood up and shut those radio stations down. Mm. It was a tough call 
but it was necessary. <laughs> that is yes, just one example. Exactly. <laughs> just one example. It brought a semblance of fresh air into that process, I would say. And coming back to stopping it or minimizing it. You cannot stop people talking negatively. Okay? You cannot stop people hating. Just like you cannot stop people loving. <laughs> it's so it's 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 going to be there. Yeah. But can you stop ignorance? No. Can you stop education? No. You should. People will be educated either way. It should be a deliberate and conscious effort. First of all, I would go back to government because it is the responsibility of government wholly. But it starts from the home. There are some yeah. homes you cannot rain insults against one another. There are homes you shouldn't talk negatively when your parents or your siblings are around. So it, it begins from the home, all of what the family units, social studies in schools. If we go back to um, education, uh, plugging in civics into the education system, making it a core, all through, for instance, primary and secondary school, mm -hmm. that's education. And let me call it reorientation of uh, the generation that is coming up now. Yeah. And even those of us um, 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 around now. I'm not a religious person, but let me just um, state this is a fact in the Quran and the Bible that faith cometh by hearing by and hearing, hearing the of word. the word. So also just negativity comes by hearing <laughs> yes. and hearing of the word. Mm. Insults come, you, can, you, you know what's that because if you know the Egyptian cause. Exactly. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Yes. So, so all of these things, it's, it's the auditory function of a man has a lot of power and so um, and does the vision of a person has a lot of power. So what you hear tends to regurgitate inside of you as yeah. a person. And it plays back like a replay, like a movie replaying in your mind. And once you have been hurt, it in a way comes out naturally. Yeah. If you do not have so much control of a person, of yourself, not to respond to certain things, to certain stimuli, it's very important. But... I believe for one, I go back to government and come back as down and earthy as I could get that it's the family first that should inculcate this in the children we give birth to, in the relations we have. For instance, I happen to have lived in a neighborhood where I had a neighbor who had the, 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 the let me call it the style of sweeping and burning um, dirt and during the weekends. That is a major um, um, in the legal field, we call that a major and uh, source of nuisance. But um, to have handled that responsibly took me to um, step out to them and tell them uh, um, about my the effect it's having on us. As well. I know they were trying to solve a problem, but their problem was, mm. <laughs> was affecting me negatively. Yes. Uh, so it's sort of all told them that it was wrong environmentally and the impact it's having that the, the city council itself and do not want that to happen look for ways to um, discard or dispose of your waste bins responsibly. There are a lot of people, like, they call them clean salon. Pack those things, it doesn't take you two million, three million. The highest it will take you to five million <laughs> per weekend to dispose of those things. But some other person or in some other situation, that would have been a major cause for conflict yeah. and the raining of insult. Fatherly, motherly, childrenly invectives. Would have mm -hmm. been showered in such situations mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that brings up enmity within neighbors we yeah. shouldn't be because we need one another yeah. we need one another at every point in time 
Yeah, going back to yeah. government, you mentioned earlier, and you stated that yeah. um, most of the causes of hate, well, some of the causes of hate speech, yeah. um, has is politically affiliated. Yes. So you'd want to say, um, in this current state mm. of rise of hate speech in the country, is it feasible mm. that? governments can play that role that you mentioned in 2012 that do you think there was a chance for that to happen lucy it's feasible and not only feasible it's practicable i don't like to point to other countries but it has happened in places like i'm not going to go out of africa it's happened in places like rwanda rwanda it's a crime to tell somebody that you are a hutu or a tutsi at any point in time after their conflict Go down 20, um, 20 years back, 2004, 20 years plus back. This nation had a devastating war. Not only a war like we had it. It was a tribal war. Hutus were killing Tutsis and Tutsis were killing Hutus. It was a neighbor-like war. If your neighbor is a Tutsi, you recommend that they, they, they will be killed. And your neighbor is a Hutu, they should be killed. So it started from people churning out uh, messages on radio calling certain people cockroaches and stuff like that, all kind of names and stuff like that. So then it escalated from that to something else. And But going back and coming back to the Rwanda of now, that has been criminalized, yeah. for instance. You, you, do, you dare not call somebody by their, let me quote and unquote, let me say by their tribe. Just that some, Everyone some, is a Rwanda. Someone might be um, tempted to say ha. Mm. In Sierra Leone at the moment, maybe the hope is kind of fading out? It's not fading out. It's practical. As I said earlier on, it's for us all to rise to that level of maturity. Governance is totally different from partisan politics. The people we cling to um, say we follow or call, quote-unquote, uh, I hate to use this word, but people use it a lot, moral guarantors. Mm. And we are moral guarantors for those people. Civilization started here. Mm. The Westerners, okay, for instance, let me use the United States and UK as, as an example. There is the Democratic Party and there is the Republican Party and all other little, little ones. There is Labour and Conservative in England. Now, partisan politics is permitted. Yeah. But when it comes to governance, it's, a, it's an entirely different space. Mm -hmm. So to detox, to detox the minds of people coming into governance, getting appointments, and separating your partisanship from the governance of Sierra Leone is something that is practicable, something that is feasible, something that we can do as Sierra Leone. But it takes a deliberate effort. The laws, the rule of law has to play its part. If you are not a player in governance and you bring partisan politics into governance, you should be taken out. Yeah. You make one and two examples, people will own up, people will sit up. But it takes... Uh, uh, let me use the word tough. It takes a tough leader to do that. And have we seen it in Sierra Leone? I would boldly say we are yet to get there. Mm. <laughs> we are yet to get there. But we can get there. We can get there. That is why people like us are standing up for uh, people on, in our generation and generations coming up. And even talking boldly to those who are above us generationally to say, hey, mama, papa. This thing cannot be so. Yeah. You know, you taught us the right things, and this is not what you taught me That's back right. in school. So it can be practical. Going back to our laws, um, 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 making these things um, legally uh, prohibited, and, and then coming back to 
the basis of reorientation and sensitization of people about these things. It's a lot of effort, it's a lot of things, but it's, it should be deliberately crafted. The parties in this country, all 16 of them, you're big, you're medium, you're small, should sit down. The leadership of this party should sit down and draft for me, I think, let us have a 50-year plan for Sierra Leone, 50-year development plan that no matter which party comes to the governance platform, should adhere to, should yeah. follow, yeah. so that we don't have this um, system of having five steps forward and ten steps backward. Exactly. When one party comes and they erase every other thing that other party has done. Yeah. It shouldn't be so. It, it is practicable, it is feasible, going back to your question, and it is possible. <laughs> you just have to wake up and do the right things. Okay. So, being that, um, I'm not sure, but yeah. why would you... Which platform? Is it the old media or the new media? Would you want to say um, hate speech is more prevalent? Um, hate, is, hate speech has been there, as I said. But the new media has made it more... It has amplified, amplified it. it. Yes, that is what... But um, going back to your question, we can use both. Just like um, I am left-handed, but I cannot use my left hand to shake somebody in the street or form yeah. informal occasions. I just have to use my right hand. Okay? So um, both hands are, are good. So it's the it's when you put two hands together, the one can even clap. Yeah. So it takes both the old and new. Some people are lettered, meaning the old media of printing and broadcast, basically printing words. Um, not everybody at the moment can um, go through printed words, especially in English, and goes back to our education system, which can change. It can get um, uh, education with our local languages, which would be possible. Uh, the fact that one does not speak English doesn't mean that the person is ignorant in any sense or any way. Okay, uh, we can speak and write in our local languages, and it takes another deliberate to take another deliberate reforms in our education system. Um, yes, uh, both medias are possible. Any other media that would um, arise or be awakened in our next two to three years, because you never can tell what the development trend especially in the technological world can do. So every 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 relevant and um, important medium should be used. So so lately it's like we're having this conflict of freedom of speech and mm. hate speech. How would you want to determine the line between freedom of speech and hate speech? Now I'll have to go a bit into legalities as I, I respond to this question. Now okay. there is a right. Okay, everyone has a right. Now, the extent to which one person has a right stops at where your responsibility begins and the right of the other person also begins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so to not to cross that line is where the challenge is. Exactly. People not knowing how to handle such. That, yes, just like I mentioned earlier, the analogy I gave about my neighbor burning their yeah. They have a right to, to have done so within the confines of their compound. But there is no way they could control that smoke. Exactly. It comes back to my own compound. Exactly. And that breaches their own rights and in a way diminish their responsibilities. Yeah. So I had to come back and raise that bar. See, we can't be responsible yeah. whilst doing our own. So within the parameters of right responsibilities and not talking, you can talk negatively to yourself all day if you want in a room. No one would do anything to you. But to come out and rain insults on anyone, a child, old or young, then that is where the boundary is crossed. 
you've taken your right into the confines of another person's right. And every yeah. person, in legal term, this is landlord now, they will tell you you do not have a right to disturb another person's quiet enjoyment. Yes, it could either be nuisance or trespass, and you don't have a right to trespass into another person's, um, um, let me call it, territorial integrity. Okay, so that's kind of um, explains <laughs> hate speech, but um, bringing it down to the whole political context, which really fuels this whole thing, yeah. and we have like personalities who tend to ignite the issue of hate speech. What what would you want to say about that? Now. I do not have anything against politics. We cannot get into a platform of governance without politics. But just like you have some sense and an iota of recklessness and negligence in every profession, whether it's the teaching, where you talk about people, my exam malpractice, or the medical field, there is a medical negligence. The legal field there's legal negligence and all of that so also the political space has uh, political negligence let me call it yeah. that and people tend to use that for their own political gains because majority of the let me call it the populace are gullible they tend to take what a political leader say hook line and sinker without evaluating it internally yeah. first and having that strength of personhood to determine which is true and what is not true and to follow the right um, in that direction. So you find out that when that is the case, um, these political leaders tend to utilize that for their own personal gains and benefit. And that is not, that is not right at all. If you are aware that a certain sector or a certain sphere of the public are gullible, to speak to then prepare them to do things wrong and cause violence in society is definitely not right. It is political negligence. And I think people should be held accountable for every sort and, and form of political negligence that um, uh, we have seen in society. And especially so coming up um, to the next phase of our elections um, cycle. Registrations have just been completed. And that is very, um, it's a success as a country. We want to give kudos to those who where um, they're acting as key actors and evaluators of that and observers as well. Students of the um, sensitization should continue about um, non-violence um, towards our campaigns. Campaigns will soon begin and uh, non-violence on electioneering day itself. As we go to the polls, we do not necessarily need to fight. Just like, let me use the football analogy. Two teams can come, you know, and play. You have a right to support team A, have you ever support team X? Yeah. Within the course of the match, you can talk passionately about certain things. Mm-hmm. And even when you talk with passion, you see that when you talk about, when it is football, people don't put negativity into that passion no. you talk. You, do you get me? Yes. But, <laughs> but yeah. if it's out of that uh, uh, um, um, sphere and it comes to politics, you start seeing bringing in invectives into such talking mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But it shouldn't be the case can do our elections without violence. We can do our elections without hate speech. It is possible. To my point again, everybody should grow up. Every Sierra should grow up, no matter who you are. Sierra comes first. Um, I, I, I was, I was, um, I had some sense of consciousness during the war. It was 
painful for me to have left my home for her to leave Sierra First of all, to Guinea, stayed in Guinea for eight months. It it is it is it is touching. I never use um um kenu, what you call pampa in, in local parlance. I use pampa from government wharf, no, from big wharf to to Conakry. I'd never done it in my life. But, but <laughs> to do it. But now we with 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 where I am, if you ask me to do that again, I will say no. Yeah. I'll say no. I, I, I'll say no to that. So uh, it was a tough time, and we just had to take that comeback. And then there was the other other um, um, interruptions of government. We saw that, and we are grateful to to um, for, to go for where we are now. So we don't want. I would not want anything to happen to the, to this yeah. country again. I don't want to go back to such um, history. It should teach us lessons that yes, if you have been out of Sierra Leone and uh, been treated as a second class citizen elsewhere then you would mm. understand what this exactly. means you to understand. keep your country home first yes and to 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 raise our own standards yeah and propagate them as Leoneans and nothing yeah. nothing nothing yeah. less so in that light would you say Leone slowly becoming um less cohesive oh that's a total it's a whole new board game when you talk about national cohesion the pundits out there would want to say so, but I look at I look at the cup. I choose to look at the cup as half full and half empty. We have our challenges, like every other nation in the world, including the Western nations. Gladly, we don't have a situation where somebody would pick up a gun in Sierra Leone and go into a school and start killing people there. Yeah. So we don't have a situation where people start, you know, all of these social ills. It, it happens even in Western country. Now, where these Western countries were, and where Sierra Leone is, there was no, there was no social media when there was a 1775 struggle. And Patrick Henry's declared that um, is either you give me liberty or give me death. When America wanted to have its independence from the United Kingdom. So there was no social media to propagate it then. The flaws they had during their course of development. They are 200 and 200 years plus now. And but yeah, we have Sierra Leone. Our development was interrupted, and so was the rest of Africa. Interrupted by colonization. We are taken back 500 years, 500 years plus backwards, and we had to restart. And now we are saying we are 60 something years old. And now there's social media to point out all of our flaws, growing, rebuilding back. So the idea of cohesion is always pointed to the fact that um, we are not united. You won't know that Sierra Leoneans are united except you are meeting Sierra Leonean outside of Sierra Leone. There's always tend to be that togetherness. We have right to have bondings on our tribal platforms, to have affinities. In order, but we shouldn't use that to spite on other people. We shouldn't use that to um, as a source for negativity or as a tool to fight against others. It's it's a sense of belonging to come from a place, yes, but principally we are Leoneans. So the idea of cohesion is just like as a person, personal development. You work on yourself constantly, read, write books, eat well to stay healthy. It's something we shouldn't give up on. Our laws can do, can help us in that regard to legalize certain things and criminalize certain um, others. For me, I, I think it's improved greatly because I see, for instance, intermarriages happening 
Yeah. Intermarriage is happening everywhere. There's no restriction from you from the east not marrying the west, you from the north not marrying the south. And, uh, it's happening. So that has bring a lot of bonding into us. You go to the east, you see northerners living and doing business there. You go to the south, you see easterners living and doing business there. You go to the north, you see southerners living and doing business there. And it's, it has improved. It has improved a lot more. But that is not to say we should be comfortable with where we are now. There's a lot more to be done. There's a lot more we can achieve to bring our cohesiveness okay. into a perfect union. It's a journey and we shouldn't stop moving forward. Yes, exactly. So, well, lastly, just going back to what you said, mm. so one would want to say, yes, there are, there are intermarriages, we eat the same cast of leaves, we marry each other, but then when it comes to politics, that's the only time we'll see the wrong side of ourselves. Yes, yeah, that is correct. That, that is mostly the time you see the sensitivity of certain gaps in our society. I'll call it so. That is because of how the players, the principal players within our political sphere, handle the situation. They're privileged to be on the other side of things. The truth is, and people should know this, campaign is a time where it's just, there are, there are times in our secondary school where you have to debate. Or colleges, you have to debate. And in debating, you take a theme or topic. You just have to propagate the good about what you've chosen. Yeah. And also, the, your opponent will try to point to the, the ills and odds of the, the theme you've, 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 you've chosen. Mm -hmm. For instance, it could be a topic that mothers are better than fathers. Yeah. If I'm talking for my mother, yeah. or I choose to defend the fathers, I'll talk about the good side of the fathers. But, in essence, does not cast a negative aspersion on my mom. The gullibility of certain aspects of society it would hold that neg negative, let me call it peach, yeah. that I've made to generalize it now. Like <laughs> all mothers are this, all mothers are that, or all fathers are this. So that is what it is, really. Campaigning is about making their points known so that it can convince the public to vote for them. That is not in essence to say even these politicians are bad people. Because as I wanted to say earlier on, behind the curtains, they are very good friends. Yeah. Behind the curtains, they strike deals, they make <laughs> merriment, some even have their family connections. We are interconnected and interrelated in one way or the other. You mm. find out this politician, another politician, they uncool, that and another nephew. This. Yeah. So it's 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 a mix of That's things. Right. But so just yes, um, disintegrate what they will be saying during the campaigning period is where the challenge is for most people. And some people take their word as ye and amen and act on those words and if you have uh which is why we should have um, um, um platforms to check and evaluate certain things that uh, is going to be said or actions that might uh, be inspired from such pitches in society which is why um, i think the the security sector should own up and step up as well come up with a lot of maturity on how to respond to such things. There are certain things that do not need force at all times, you know. Even when you want to apply force, it should be proportionate to the stimuli you are getting from the public. It shouldn't be excessive, you know, it shouldn't be excessive. So I, I think again, I go back to what I said earlier, it's a call, a clarion for all of us, all of us to rise up to the occasion and be mature as a uh, union uh, in our 
personal, social and political givings as a people. Alright, so thank you very much for being here with us today and thank you for being our guest. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for listening to this episode of Bridging Knowledge and Policy. For more information on IGL's research and advocacy, visit our website on igrsl.org.